You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 291 of the PHP Ugly Podcast. We are a weekly podcast of, well, anywhere between two and three <laughs> developers slash business owners slash people of the world who like to get together and talk about our life and what we've been doing in the in the coding world. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is Tom Rideout. Hello. How's it going, Tom? Pretty good. Uh, we are a keeping, very dynamic show. Keeping busy. That's good. We keep busy with lots of bug fixes, which in my company don't get story points. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, I know what a story point is. Let's pretend I know and, and and care. Well, we apply story points to all of our tickets our feature tickets to track, uh, you know, performance and uh, KPI, key performance indexes. Oh, God. You're, this is not, not going to go that way. We're you not asked, going that asked. way. So we don't track <laughs> bug tickets. So a bug can take days to fix, but uh, does not really count towards my, my work accomplished. Oh, that sounds that sounds hurtful. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and we still have not released uh, the Laravel 9 upgrade, but not because of any new issues. It's just uh, we don't want to push it out while we've got other things going on. So it's now just sitting there like one of John's old tickets. His old PRs? Yeah, one of his old PRs that, that doesn't get pushed out for five years. <laughs> oh, man. I, so... I don't. I, I. I'm afraid to ask this question. I really am, but I'm. I feel like I need to. Why would bug fixes not count as work accomplished? I don't know. I don't have the good answer for that. I've been. I've tried multiple times to get them to change this sort of policy, and uh, the answer I get is just no. That's the way it is. So it's just a made up rule that they they they've established and in. in Project management. Don't care yes, to change yes, it. That is what project management is. It's a made up rules. Made up rules. <laughs> arbitrary made up rules tracking you with arbitrary made up numbers. But but it's agile. It's agile. Yeah, fast and loose. That's it. Oh man, what are you working on? I mean, are you are you coding? Are you doing coding? Oh yeah, I'm coding definitely. What are you doing? Um. We had issues with uh, uh, services that were getting executed as the wrong user and running into permissions errors. Um, I implemented a few new features for scorecards, which is this sort of mm-hmm. like automatic system for uh, tracking loan requests. Like if you request a million dollars and you only make $1,000 a month, the scorecard says no and kicks you out of the system. <laughs> Interesting. So that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, haven't actually touched the uh, Laravel 9 upgrade in a while, which is very nice. Oh, at this point, you can just wait for 10. It'll be out another week or two. Yeah, 
like September or something. So uh, I'm curious because I am really getting an itch to play in the realm of AI. I'm going to stick to my PHP roots. So this is this is one of the things I've changed in recent years. I used to like find these little projects I wanted to do and I would deviate from PHP. I would I would play with Python or something and I and I enjoyed it. I embraced it. I learned a lot. Uh, a lot of Python, a lot of Go. Um, did some Rails development back in the day. But I'm kind of over all that now. I'll make one exception to this rule. But moving forward, you know, it's like I need to convince myself not to do something in PHP. Not necessarily like, I mean, if I'm getting paid to do something, it's it's it would be completely different. But for my projects, like this one I'm talking about with some AI work, I'm going to do it in PHP because I don't feel like doing anything else anymore. Sure. Um, my only exception to that rule is I seriously, to this day, and I'm going to continue to, to bang this drum, want to learn C so I can contribute to internals. Shake your head on. No, uh, you want. I'm not asking you to learn it. I want to learn it because I want to contribute to internals. Or Rust, whenever PHP moves to Rust. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if it does, it'd be exciting. I would uh, I would like that. But AI has really piqued my interest, uh, especially after taking over the magazine. Because I'm just like, man, if we have some sort of mechanism in place that could do this part of this workflow, like the, the big one, the, the thing I'm going to target first is related reading. So one of the things... John and I do every month is we go through all the articles and typically it's a space thing. Like if there's a little space at the end of uh, end of an article, we try to find some related reading. This is all on Oscar. Oscar started doing this a few years back and I, I liked it so much. I said something about it and Oscar's like, what's well, that's weird. I didn't think you might even noticed. I'm like, no, I think that's such a brilliant idea. But it's it's this very manual process that John and I have to go through the archives. You know, we kind of keep a list of all the articles we've published and kind of the summary of sure. what they're about. And we kind of kind of have to like grip some like, oh yeah, this could you know be related somehow. I'm like, man, if we had like an AI where I could just feed it the article and it could it could kind of figure out what the what the meaning of the article or the, or the kind of subjects of the article are and then go into our archive and find other things related to it. I would freaking love that. So I've been wanting to do some AI stuff and I know you've been posting AI stuff, right? The, the, those are those images you're posting into our discord. Yeah. Right? I've been playing with uh, Dolly mini. That's in discord.phpugly.com if you want to join us. Uh, we have a lot of people in there who hang out with us. So what is Dolly Mini? What is that? So Google, I believe it's Google. Maybe it's not Google. Um, some company has a, a an art generation program called Dolly. Uh, and the latest version that came out was called Dolly 2, which really blew people away because it had a much better contextual understanding of what it was doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Dolly one 
kind of doesn't understand faces, doesn't understand background and foreground. It just understands style and context. Um, so somebody made a mini version of Dolly that you could run just on your browser and you give it a prompt like Batman fighting Santa Claus and it tries to give you an idea of what that would look like. And it did not do a very good job. Well, so some things are better than others. Um, if you give it an artistic style, it's very good. Mm-hmm. So if you say to do it in the style of a, a trail camera or a CCTV camera, it gets much better results. Uh, mm. But if you just sort of give it a generalization of an idea, it, it sort of squishes a banana and gives it back to you. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I need to, well, and I talked to you, we've talked about this in the past about how I would love for that Dolly, or I don't know if it was Dolly or something else you had talked about to use it for cover images for PHP architect, because that's another thing we spend a lot of time on is trying to find, you know, kind of cover images that like people would want to look at and say, Oh yeah, this looks like a nice image, but yeah. And Dolly not, too can definitely do that. It's just not really a publicly accessible thing yet. So it's still one of those invites only. Yeah. Uh, and there are maybe a number of, uh, use restrictions as well for commercial use. Mm, I think we would be considered commercial use. Uh, you can, you Which can, is you, weird because it implies we're making money. You can use it for commercial use, but you have to you have to do attribution for it and like a link. I'd have no problem with that. I'd give them a whole page if they wanted. Well, there you go. But there are problems. Did you hear about this? The Google engineer that reported that the Google AI has gone sentient on him. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, uh, interesting, sometimes programmers go crazy conversations lately. <laughs> uh, easy, easy, easy. easy. We, said, we weren't talking about that one, but yeah, let's, let's, let's go ahead. Um, yeah, you know, he, he was sort of asking it these directionless questions and uh, really liked one of the answers it gave, which was that it was afraid of being shut off. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. I mean, not a Turing test. <laughs> that's that's a pretty simple. Like, if I wanted to fake an AI, the first thing I would do is fake fear of being shut off. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't actually afraid, and now he got suspended by Google. Uh, as part of this this whole thing that he did. Um, but it wasn't that he got suspended because he said it was sentient. Uh, he got suspended because he was talking about industry secrets about how this thing uh-huh. works and what they were using it for. And they were like, yeah, you can't just decide, Hey, this is public information now. So they suspended him with pay. So he didn't, which is the worst way to be suspended. I never understood that. Like cops who like violate people's rights. So they're like, oh yeah, we're suspending them with pay. It's like, oh, that's a real punishment. Yeah. I, <laughs> we could go on that topic for a whole episode on its own, but I've been getting, I've been trying to get John to suspend me with pay for years. He refuses to 
selfish bastard. Yep. Got his head in the clouds. <sighs> yep. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I... I have a project for you here called uh, Na- Naive Bayes. Explain. Uh, it's a machine learning framework for PHP where you give it a sort of a data set. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Now, people listening to this show might think this whole conversation has been scripted, but it totally was not scripted. I mean, it's been on my Trello board for two months. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what good are you, man? Jesus Christ. We didn't want to talk Are about you? it two months ago. Uh, you know, so one of the one of the important things about any machine learning stuff is that it gives you a score on a per item basis, and you have to use that score, or you have to have something that knows how to use that score. Um, so there's there's a couple machine learning uh, uh, projects for PHP that you could look into to do what you're what you're thinking of. Hmm. If you have tags on articles already, that's even better. Um, no, I don't think we do actually have tags, but that would be super hard to add. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to look into this, man. This is really something I've been looking for here. This is awesome, man. What are you posting now? Uh, I'm posting a picture of a podcaster in a supermarket on CCTV. As an example That's of so random, it didn't get the podcaster part very well, except that everyone here is <laughs> overweight. No, yeah, I kind of nailed that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this this AI is a little a little rough, but uh, as a thumbnail, it sort of looks like something might be real there, as opposed to Dolly too, which is pretty stunning. Mm. But again, not something you can, the general public can just go out there and use. No. All right. Are you still using Firefox? I am for certain things. Yeah. Why do you ask? Have you got the latest version? Total, total Uh, cookie protection. uh, How would I tell, how could I tell if I got the latest? I don't know. know. Probably. Uh, get help. Let me see. Uh, update Firefox. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, don't, I mean, don't update yeah, it now. I, I, assume, I assume I have the latest one. I don't know, man. They've got this new sandbox thing so that every website gets its cookies in its own sandbox so that third-party cookies just basically don't work anymore. Oh, interesting. So they, they've had they've had for a while... Uh, I think they called them containers or yeah, I think they called them containers so that it was basically like a little mini incognito mode, but it was only for like tat, like it it would, it would understand like you didn't have to go into a separate browser. It would say, all right, you're going to Facebook. I'm, I'm quarantining this to the Facebook container. So nothing can leak out to your browser or anything. So I've been, I've been using it for that. Uh, yeah. Did you hear what else happened? And since we're talking about browsers, so excited. Yeah, finally. So this is a. I want to talk about this a little bit, but Internet Explorer has 
been laid to rest. There is no more Internet Explorer. It is dead. From from what now I the, understand, if your machine, if your Windows 10 machine has updated any time recently, this was a timed behavior. So now when you try to launch Internet Explorer, it just opens Edge, which is a Chromium-based browser. All right. I don't think my Windows... T- so I do have a Windows 10 image on my Pop! OS machine. I don't think that even had Internet Explorer on it. Yeah, I don't have it on my Windows 10 box. Yeah. It was funny because, again, this was back in the day when I was first kind of finding my love for PHP and trying to introduce it into the place where I worked, which... um at the time, they were kind of bouncing around with what kind of technology they had wanted to settle on for um, standardize on. And it was very early in the web world. I mean, the, the, dot, the dot com rocket was still in flight and everybody was really happy. And I forget what technology the web group was using at the time. It was some very proprietary uh, solution that has gone away yeah. uh, the way of the dinosaur. But um, but anyways, they were they were trying to kind of get together and figure out. And IBM came in and they were pushing Java. Um, Microsoft came in and they were pushing .NET. And, you know, I was kind of a champion of this idea of using PHP. Um, there was some Cold Fusion mixed in the mix as well. Which, uh, which is and, kind of PHP, right? Yeah, from what I remember. Uh, so I didn't really, I, I managed Cold Fusion servers, but I didn't do a bunch of Cold Fusion code. I didn't know Cold Fusion coding. Uh but I did look. I did see the code, and from what I remember, yes, it looked very much like PHP. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I could do it. Oh, that was the other thing. Um, uh, Adobe was doing a big push on Flash. Like they were like, Flash is the future, and and a lot of people thought that at the time. Like, yeah, you know, this makes total sense. But it was funny because I remember sitting in a meeting, and one of the conversations that were was being had was why would we not use dot net or was it called dot net back then? Uh, I think it was called dot net. I don't feel like it was dot net back then. Anyways, the they were just like, you know, why would we not use dot net? Like that just doesn't make sense. They were they were oh no it was visual it was some form of visual basic or something. It was like their first integration with their browser where you had to have IE and then you could use like this this framework that they had. I don't think it was called .NET back then. I feel like it was called something else. But the conversation was basically centered around the fact that it was Microsoft. Internet Explorer was by far the most dominant browser out there. Windows was by far the most dominant OS out there. Whoever was not using Windows Internet Explorer, we didn't care about having them as a customer anyways. It's like, you're out of your mind. Like, you you really want to be, become beholden to this one company for your entire platform. Right. And, and it was like this, like, 
major like fear moment I had of you're seriously wanting to bet the farm on Internet Explorer and Microsoft keeping this pl- keeping their web development platform at this click that they're at now where we will will stay in pace with them and on top of that are going to continue to dominate the market with IE and with Windows. Now, of course, I was looked at as a complete idiot at the time because there was no end in sight for Microsoft. Right, um, other than the class action lawsuit. Right, right. (laughs) Which everybody's kind of writing off, you know? Now, to their benefit, they, they, you know, cooler heads did, did prevail. They didn't go with Microsoft solution. They did end up going with Java. They, they did become a big Java shop and that was what, what they, what they focused on. I think on. that's but, worked out well too. But, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of companies didn't, you know, a lot of companies were just like, Oh yeah. You know, internet Explorer is not going anywhere and it'll always be here. And, I, you know, who doesn't use windows? I very much remember the websites where if you were in, Netscape, it or Firefox, even it would tell you, "Hey, you have to use this site on Internet Explorer." I remember that because yep. they were. Using- I remember. I remember having to put that check yeah. in the code. Yeah, because they were yeah. using VS Code instead of JavaScript. Mm-hmm. That's terrible idea. Yep, and we still we still get get little kind of glimpses of that. Like companies still try to come out with proprietary solutions. And it's just like, why, why would you ever do that to yourself? Yeah. I think, uh, Safari might be one of the worst offenders there still for. Why is that? I, I, I've never, even when I was using Mac, I, I never really used Safari. It's a shocking number of people use it on their phones, but yeah, it's, mm. They they keep doing these little upgrades that it's like Chrome has had it forever. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. now it's in Safari. It's a great feature. You should use it. Like WWDC had a bunch of that stuff where they were like, yeah, it integrates with Apple Pay. And, and like, yeah, you can't have a payment gateway that only works on half the phones in the world. <laughs> or, yeah. or 30% of the phones. Like, no one's going to adopt that. Well, that was the thing that pissed me off with the NFC. Um, NF- yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, NFC. Because they were like, no, you, all, all the Apple fanboys are like, no, NFC sucks. Nobody wants it. Nobody's going to use it. And Android was doing the tap to pay, but they couldn't get companies to invest in the terminals to use it. Nobody wanted to use it. Right. Then Apple decides, oh, yeah, we're going to do NFCs but only for Apple Pay. Like you can't just use NFC as the protocol it's meant to be where you can you know use it however. We'll just enable it for Apple Pay. And now all of a sudden, you know, you have tap to pay everywhere and everybody talks about how brilliant Apple is. It's like, what do you No, they're horrible. They're way behind the curve. Everybody had to wait to move, to move forward on this one thing because Apple wouldn't do it. Well, that's the thing is that now when they enable NFC just as a generic protocol, they can make a big announcement at WWDC and act like they've created some gigantic innovation. See, I think that, I think we've missed that. I think we missed that kind of time where that would have been really cool 
to innovate on. You know, I I thought like the NFC tags and stuff, which I guess Apple has come out with now for tracking. But like it used to be, anybody could could create a NFC tag and do different things to it. And I bought a bunch of them. Yeah, but you know, again, because Apple wouldn't allow you to do it on their phone, that whole kind of industry just kind of fluttered out. The the one cent NFC goal, I remember that was a big deal. Where they just wanted to. What was that? I don't remember that. It was to to make NFCs as functional as uh, barcodes. You had to get the manufacturing price under a cent, and they just and they just never achieved it. Yeah. Yeah, because copper and they were pretty cheap. They're, they're, I, like yeah. I said, I bought a bunch of them. They're pretty cheap, but copper is a, is a, an expensive good to use, and you need it for antennas. So it just wasn't <laughs> going to work. Yeah. So I got a question for you. Fire away. I, I don't. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to trigger you too much. I just. I had this. I had this question, and I. I didn't have a good answer for it. All right. Um. I'm somewhat known for using Vim a lot. A little bit. I don't think a little bit. That's a big secret. And because of conversations I've been having with people, I, I've been kind of asking my questions. Okay, how do you do this without Vim? Um, a couple of people reached out to me about the new uh, Storm interface. Uh, I, I don't know what it's called, but the one that's in beta, which is which like, is out now. It's the you can freely download that as of today. Oh, you got a link for that? Let's put that in our Discord, buddy. The uh, 222.22. I did not know that. Yeah, it's... So people have been asking me about that. Uh, if you throw it in Discord, just, just throw it over to the show notes, please. People have been asking me how I like it. I'm like, you know, I actually do like it. Like I said, as far as like, uh, like ID editors go, I think it's... I don't spend a lot of time in them, so it's I'm not a good person to, to judge this. But I did spend a good amount of time in PHP Storm, and I have touched VS Code. I mean, I, I don't avoid VS Code. I just don't find a lot of reasons reasons to launch it. Um, so when I first launched this, it reminded me a lot of VS Code. Um, but to the point is. People keep, people keep asking me about functionality of it. I'm like, I don't know. I have my Vim bindings. I, I'm doing everything the way I did it in the old editor. It just looks nicer. It does seem a little snappier to me, but it's not as quick as you know real Vim. Um, so it's fine. I don't I don't really have you know like a lot of drawbacks to it. But it got me thinking. I so I was doing something today, and it was one of these things. Like I'm like, I honestly don't know how you do this without Vim, and maybe you can tell me. So I don't know if this. I don't know if it would be different from like editor to editor. I know you use VS Code, yeah, so yeah. it's fine. Just tell me how you do it in VS Code. If somebody else wants to tell me how you do it in PHP Storm, not using Vim, I'm fine with that as well. So when you're editing a file. Right. And let's say you're jumping around to different functions. So you're in one function, and then I guess you you scroll your your mouse and you go down and you click onto another function and you look around there. Uh-huh. How do you get back to that first function that you were in? The back button on my mouse. A back button on your mouse? There's a 
there's a back button on your mouse? Yeah. So so you just click on a mouse a mouse click and it jumps back to the last function you were in? Yeah, it's got a whole history. Like I can jump back five steps or I can jump forward two steps. That's cool. Okay. I so I didn't see that that's one of those things that like, I never worked that way, so I didn't know there was an actual way of doing that. Now is that common practice or is that something you have set up? It's common practice for browsers. So if if I'm browsing a website, then I use the back and forward buttons on my mouse instead of on the toolbar. And right. That, but but I'm saying like the, like the normal user who's coding in I have VS no, Code. I have no idea. But I would say that what most IDEs have done is try to treat everything you're doing the same way a browser would treat it. So I I would guess that PHP Storm has similar behaviors for the back button, which is just sort of the okay, last so action I, I, you used. I'm kind of wanting to call bullshit now. So Discord, I'm going to reach out to you. Is what Tom is telling me, is this a common practice for developers who are using like IDEs? Do you guys just use your mouse to... So, so the 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 use case I'm talking about. So, in in the Vim world, you can you can do a Control O to jump back. So, so let's say I jump from one function to another function to the top of the page to another file to another directory. I can I can traverse that history by hitting Control O and Control I to go back and forth. This is very natural in Vim. It's, it's something you do. You don't you don't even think about it. Are you does like the regular user of an IDE have that functionality? So apparently Tom has something set up where he uses his mouse. Is that common knowledge or is that something like that's unusual? How do you guys do it? No, the the Discord is extremely biased here towards Vim, and does this is not true. And, and several people are asking to be uh, removed from the channel. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Sarah says, "I don't know developers who use IDEs. I only know good developers." <laughs> Which is which is why you know if Sarah and I aren't great friends either. I guess I'm not a good enough developer. I don't use IDEs, but I don't think I don't think anyone's a good enough developer for Sarah. I'm surprised that she even listens to this podcast. Well, Frank Frank has sided with you. Frank says my mouse has those buttons. I can step back and forth. Yeah. So uh, I do I do I do t have that. I do have back button and mouse. I don't have back button and mouse. I don't know what you're saying, Roger. You do or you don't. You're leaving me. You're leaving me hanging. There are two ways don't. I use. Okay, this is what I'm looking for. A was sounds like he, he's telling me what I want to know. In the navigation bar, there's a left arrow that will take you back to a previous location. Okay, that's one way. Uh, Control Shift E brings up recently edited locations. Oh, that's very interesting. I have no idea how to refactor safely. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. <laughs> I use Steam Deck with keyboard macros that do it. All right, that's one way of doing it, I guess. Uh, I personally am a shit developer. <laughs> that's good. Uh, oh, oh, Roger says he they they don't have uh, that ability. Roger seems like it's something that you're missing here. Uh, if you're using ID, 
idea of them. Just use Mark. You don't have to use Mark's uh, A Woods. That's what I'm saying. The 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 I in Control I Control O does does it for you. You don't have to. You don't have to use Mark. I mean, you can use Mark's. Like like Mark Mark's are basically like a bookmark, right? Like you know you're going to want to come back to this one spot in this code throughout the day as you're coding. So you you mark it, and then you can always jump to it. But like that that traversing, you know, where did I just come from sort of stuff? You could just use your control zero, not zero, sorry, control O uh, to go back. That works fine with idea of them. I tell you, idea of them, idea of them, as far as them emulators go, man, those, those guys are knocking it out of the park. It's very good. There's, there's not a lot of things I can do in Neo them that I can't do that. I can't, um, Simulate with idea of them, or emulate with idea of uh, idea of them. So that's I, I I've because I've been using this new uh, interface for PHP Storm. I've been spending more time in there, and I've been um, kind of going through my idea of them and and you know looking at my current Neo Vim implementation and bringing everything up to speed. So I'm really happy with where that is at now. So that's my biggest problem is. I, uh, I like VS code. I do it in VS code as well. Like if I spend some time in there, I'll get my configuration up to speed where I'm like, okay, this, you know, the motions feel right to me. Um, but then if I don't use it for, you know, six months, eight months, however long it takes me to have a reason to open it again, everything gets out of sync. Well, not that I hate IDE talk, but you know, it's really helpful for refactoring. When you're in production, a thousand things can go wrong. You could deploy a bug in your latest release. Your background jobs can silently fail. Someone could trip over the network cable at your data center. And this all comes back to you. You need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly. That's why we built HoneyBadger. It's easy to install HoneyBadger in your backend applications and front-end JavaScript. It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates. And we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's HoneyBadger, where the monitoring tool for web developers would rather be, well, developing. Thanks, HoneyBadger. Thank you, HoneyBadger. So, uh, yeah, we've a lot of chatter going on in Discord about this. One of the questions that w- was brought up is, do you think chefs have these sort of conversations about their oh, industry? Yeah. I can tell you for a fact that they do. I had a... Uh, uh, friends uh, who who were chefs, and I know for a fact they, that they do. Oh, it's and so frustrating too. They are the they are the worst conversations. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I are big like food 
show junkies. Like we, we'll watch all the food shows: Master Man, Chef, Barbecue Chef. Uh, what, what's the other one? The, the elimination one? I forget. We 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 have uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. That, that we'll 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 binge that watch these great. things. You know, there's a new Iron and, Chef starting. I see. We haven't really gotten into Iron Chef. Uh, oh, Iron cool. Chef is a whole nother level, man. Yeah. But one of the things we we picked up after watching all these shows is how absolutely important knives are and good knives. And so uh, for my wife's birthday this year, I invested, and I will say it was an investment in some very nice knives for our kitchen. And it's one of those things where, my God, what a difference those things make. Like when you're cooking and like you take out one of these knives and start chopping stuff and how fast and efficiently it chops, it's insane. I do like our new knives. What are they? Are you at liberty to say? Uh, I am. I, I I would totally say it. I I I don't remember now. It it, it was they're from Germany, uh, which was a big deal. So I, I guess Germany and Japan are like the big two knife places. Yeah. I got a germ German shit set. It was it was the lower end of like expensive knives. I think it started with like an M or something. I would have to look it up on my Mercer? Amazon account because <sighs> I don't think Wustoff is very common German knife. And see now you're gonna have me go look and, and we're gonna make we're gonna make <laughs> everybody who listens to the show wait for me to go look up the knives that I bought my Wonderful wife. Uh, what what'd you say? What Wust? Wustoff. Wustoff. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I got. Yeah, they are they are really nice knives. And uh, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying using them. Like it's fun to like cut things now. Like you just want to. Everybody fights in the kitchen. Yeah, Sarah got it right there in, in Discord. Uh, just chase. Everybody fights around. in the kitchen now to, to do the chopping. Everybody wants to cut. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about Elon Musk again? I know you love talking about Elon Musk. I want the guy to buy PHP Architect Magazine, but sure, let's talk about Elon. I, I heard I heard news about him. I don't know if it's the news you have. Is, does this relate to Dogecoin? It does. He's being oh, sued. Okay. I'm glad you put. I, I'm glad you had this on there because I, I saw I saw all the Twitter buzz about this. Yeah, it turns out that uh, you can't do what he did, and so he's being sued what, for what did 258 he do? Mil- billion dollars. He two hundred and fifty eight billion dollars. How can you even sue somebody for that much money? Well, that would be the equivalent of me suing you for sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> it would still be really painful, Tom. Right. Go ahead. Explain to me. I, I'm not sure I understand what he did. So he gets on Twitter and starts pumping Dogecoin as like the future of money and that he's he's buying a ton of it. And he makes all these comments about how he's investing in purchasing Teslas with uh, Dogecoin and that uh, he's going to be backing a bunch of his company with Dogecoin and Bitcoin. And then he just sort of said, nah, I'm not really doing that. It was a joke. Oh, God. But it turns out that, like, when you say that 
the four companies that you run that are worth trillions of dollars are going to be massively investing in this cryptocurrency and then you just decide not to, then a bunch of people who invested in response to your news lose all of their money. And yeah, it's uh, the, the basic argument is that he was aware uh, since early 2019 that Dogecoin had no value but promoted it to profit from the trading. And that he used his pedestal as world's richest man to operate and manipulate the Dogecoin pyramid scheme for profit, exposure, and amusement. Which is... And amusement. Interesting wording there. Pretty hard to argue against that. I mean, he very clearly did the Dogecoin manipulation just for funnies. But people lost lots and lots of money. Hmm. Um, and the, the complaint also has uh, quotes from Warren Buffett and Bill Gates talking about how cryptocurrency does not have an inherent value and that they would be suspect of anybody investing large amounts of money into it and that Elon Musk knew this and he was just fucking with other people's monies for fun, which... So, so they call I mean, it a yeah. pyramid scheme, but it's it's more of a a pump and dump, right? I mean, it's not really a pyramid scheme. Well, the behavior of getting people to invest in it and then to proselytize other people investing into it is a pyramid scheme. So the idea was to create the the sort of meme out of Dogecoin and propagate it so that the people who invested early could get their value pumped up by newer investors and every new investor pumped the value up higher. So it really was a pyramid scheme. Now a pump and dump operates slightly differently. Um, uh, pump and dumps are more of a Ponzi scheme. Uh, they're also called rug pulls mm-hmm. where you artificially inflate the value of the coin the market responds to the artificial inflation and then you withdraw all your funds at the higher rate. Mm-hmm. So that's just sort of basic market manipulation. Which is actually pretty common practice in the, in the, in the actual uh, stock market. Cryptocurrency world as well. I know a lot of uh, develop a lot of, uh, these influencers do do that. They'll, they'll hype yeah, up some yeah, coin. They're all broke and then, now. That's that's so great. My goodness, With, I I keep meaning to take a picture for you, Tom, and for our, our lovely people in Discord as well. Um, there is we we have a billboard by where I live. It's it's right off the fifteen. Um, every time I get on the fifteen, I see it, but I'm driving. That says something like and if. NF, NFTs are the future. Uh, you know, it's uh, like like it's not selling anything. It's just like hyping up NFTs. Yes, it's the weirdest thing, man. That's somebody who bought a bunch of NFTs or minted a bunch of NFTs and is trying to pump the value. NFT kid, there we go. Uh, my Spanish speaking kid. Um, look up in. Let me look up NFT kid. Well, that is, I mean, there's, you, you want to talk about trying to hype things up. Uh, 
the crypto.com arena, the naming rights for that cost, let's see, is is in the hundreds of billions. Yeah. I don't see the banners. But uh, 700 banner million point. over 20 years. Mm. Not billions. I thought it was billions. Anyways, I mean, a billboard is cheaper than a stadium. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah posted in Discord, discord.phpagley.com. Uh, she has the same knife set or, or the same brand of knife that I have cutting into a stuffed PHP elephant. Yeah, that's, I have that's to how tell she you. gets banned from social media. We got our PHP elephants in. Oh, yeah. I, I totally forgot the big news about that. Boxes. Yeah. Boxes. And if you're, um, if you're a Patreon on our Patreon, matter of fact, why don't you bring up our Patreons? Patreons there. Look at that. Elephants. That is adorable. Just out for a walk the, by the stream. This this is why you want to t- tune into the, the live show. We do have a new Patreon, Champ. Thank you, Champ, for, for joining the, the ugly the ugly Patreon supporters. See, I got confused by that. I was I thought you were creating like a champion of our Patreon category. No, no, that's that's buttery. Buttery wins yeah, that uh, that's, hands that's down. That just yeah, goes. He's just a reigning uh, champion moving forward. No, this person's actually named Champ. But we, we, we got, if you are a Patreon supporter, you would have known that the elephants had come in before anybody else and had an opportunity to, to buy them before anybody else. Cause at a $5 like, discount, by the way, we, what? No, no, it was. <laughs> no, no, we, it, 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 the the price never got jacked up. It was supposed to get jacked up. Oh, so but, it's still uh, at a five dollar discount for listeners of PHP Ugly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, so, anyways, uh, you you know, we got them because they they were like established kind of elephants in the community, and and the um, PHP Architect had carried them before and had sold. We had sold out. Uh, so yeah, we 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 got them in and really hadn't anticipated like you know anything major about it. But you know we kind of let let it leak out that they were available. And I think finally uh, yesterday or the day before, uh, we finally sent like a, an official kind of notice uh, a newsletter out through the PHP Architect uh, domain. But I had we had already posted about it in Discord. I had already posted about it on uh, Twitter and PHPC.social. So, I mean, anybody who was following any of us are, had already known about it. But, man, it's been crazy how many people have been buying them. I mean, like, when, when we – so you have, to, you have to pre-order these things, like, months in advance. Uh, so the whole, the whole turnaround on, the, on this was, like, six or seven or eight months and it's expensive. Like you have to buy a lot. Like you can't just buy, you know, a hundred or something like that. You have to buy a lot of them. So of course we bought the minimum order that we could buy and, and, you know, get, get the production going. Um, so we had done that and and John and I were just like, what are we going to do with these elephants for like the next, you know, 
20 years. It's like, how are we going to sell all these elephants? There's just no way. And we were like, well, maybe, maybe, you know, if we do tech, we'll give them away at tech or something like that. Or, you know, just to get, get rid of them. And dude, I'm not really that worried about that anymore. The way these things are flying off the huh. shelf. It's you said you were going to send me one. Cool. Did I say you that? Did, you did commit to that. I did, huh? All right. Yeah. Well, I, I might be able to. I might be able to do something. I might be able to figure something out for you. Yeah. We'll see. We'll get you something. Do you have? Do you have any elephants? Uh, I do have a couple. Uh, I don't even have a new one behind me. This is the uh, old Archie. Hold on. So here's the thing: if you have the old Archie, you actually don't have this Archie because this Archie has the uh, that lighting. Has the whole I am. I'm a PHP architect. There we go. That's pretty good lighting. So we got that. We got that on him. Just to change it up just a little bit. Yeah. You're gonna have to happy with them. You're gonna have to update the field guide to PHP elephants here. Oh, do I? I believe I have a Zend. I have a blue Zend, I think. And I have I think an old PHP architect. Maybe I don't. You know, I'll have to look now. But yeah, so that, that's been really exciting. Now we gotta actually ship them out. And well, and you oh, saw, man. you saw a new elephant today with headphones. Oh, I did. I, very, did. I was very envious of that. Very one. upsetting because because we were told by a certain somebody who does extreme sports that we couldn't get an eye patch elephant for PHP Ugly. Or, or, or more specifically, nobody's going to create an elephant with with uh, headphones on. Yeah, so that was the that was our other thing we we talked about. So now that that is demonstrably false, <laughs> I still don't understand what this elephant is. It's, it doesn't even look like it's PHP related. It, it's some karaoke thing. I thought it was like a podcast thing. Let me find where you posted it. Oh, is it a podcast thing? Where did you post it? I don't see, I don't have it now. It's in, it's in Discord. Pretty sure I posted it in Discord. <clears throat> we'll we'll put it in show notes for here. anybody else. Wow, we've been a lot of chatter in Discord. Man, I love our Discord. Our Discord, we have so much fun in there all day long. There it is right there. Boom. All right, let me add this to uh add this to the show notes. Carafun. Carafun, yeah. Carafun, it does call it a PHP elephant, uh, uh, ele- elephant spelled with PHP in it. So, yeah, I guess it is. I don't know what Carafun is. Does anybody? That is, it's just an online karaoke thing. So, what's the what's the PHP? Ti- does anybody know what the PHP tie-in for Carafun is? Anybody? They must. They must use PHP and just decided they wanted one. A was just bought, just bought a bunch of elephants. It's awesome, A would you rock. Uh, it's well. The only reason I ask is because they do call it the elephant with the PHP. Although I don't know if if that's this developer. This developer who is posting this is a PHP developer. Uh, Noriko, Noriko, Noriko yeah, Yamamoto. In Japan, Yamamoto. Okay, so an, an elephant collector, PHP developer. I'm guessing they just stumbled upon it and just said, "Oh, hey, look." They, this is a PHP elephant, and I don't think they know that. 
boy, she uh, she does collect elephants here, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Giving Sarah a uh, run for their money there. Interesting. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where that one came from, but uh, it's cool. It's got the headphones. I want the headphones, and I want an eye patch. I want the trunk to be a uh, the end of the trunk to be a microphone. I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of very specific specific modifications. Yeah, Yeah, it shouldn't cost too much. Uh, I'm sure we could sell the minimum. (laughs) No, we we can't. There's just no way. There's like so many you have to buy. All right, cool man. So Carafun sponsored the Paris Forum PHP conference, a platinum sponsor. So it looks like How's you, it looks like you are, here you are doing some deep diving I am, here. I am. It looks like they're big tech enthusiasts, and uh, and just wanted a PHP elephant of their own. Oh, they they have. So what do they call it? So on their website, it looks like it's in. What is this French? What is this? Yep. I don't think that's French. I think this is. I'm gonna have to translate tweet. See, we are at AFUP Day, Lily, on Friday. A big thank you to the team AFUP for this beautiful day and to the winners of our prize. Yeah, I guess uh, let's meet meet up at the 2022 PHP Forum, where our team will also be present. Yeah, I guess they're just uh, developer just enthusiasts. Fans. Oh, wow. Sarah does have quite the collection there. Sarah has a, and and she's got the big one. I think she's got all the big ones too. Like I I have a a big PHP woman one. I don't Um, recognize the one on the right there. The one on the right? Which one? The sort of shaggy one with the dog-like face. Yeah, it does look more dog than elephant. Um, Cute though. Yeah, cute. Cute, white. Yeah, you want some more PHP news? Because holy crap, I thought I wasn't going to have much, but today was a a little nuts. Let's see it. Let's hear it. What is it? So here's a tricky one. Symphony six point one point zero has released. Why is this tree? Because it this is be? the release that uses PHP eight point one as a minimum meaning that support for enums is now native. And Taylor said once 6.1 comes out, we were going to be getting a 6.1 update for Laravel as well that included the 8.1 mandatory requirement. We had talked about this in the past. It's like, why not make Mm -hmm. 8.1 the requirement on release of Laravel 9? Uh. But... Whatever I was disagreed with. <laughs> Good. That's that's why he gets the Lambo and I don't. <laughs> but yeah, if if Laravel actually implements this before Laravel ten, then that's going to be the, the a up, huge breaking change. Upgrade is going to yeah they they can't right they they could they couldn't they would have to do a version update right I don't know. And that's the definition of Simver, 
you know, th- that would be a backwards breaking change to a minor increase of the frame. I mean, not to go down that path again, like I always do, but yes, Semver doesn't seem to be respected very much in Laravel. Right. So well, we'll see. see what what, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, we also got an interesting announcement from the PHP Fig group. So a while ago, they had decided that that the standard they were using for certain things like coding styles wasn't flexible enough. They were they were creating PSRs. And a, and a PSR is a very static, unchanging thing. It gets voted on, and then it just doesn't change. And if you want mm-hmm. to make a change, you have to make a new PSR that replaces the previous. So they introduced us something called a PER, uh, which I cannot remember what it stands for. Um, PER? Uh, I, mean, I don't think I've even heard of it. This is a sort of a living document style thing. And the first PER they've released is the PER coding style guide. So on its initial release, it's exactly the same as PSR, the current PSR coding style. Oh, I see this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PHP fig PER coding style. So for the record, uh, F. Wallen in our Discord, Frank Wallen, is a uh, contributor PHP architect, and he specializes in covering the PSRs. And we might sounds like we might need to add PER to his repertoire as well. Yeah. So these, uh, uh, I guess there's more. There's more PSRs. You know, Sarah Goldman would know about this because she's the sponsor of the HTTP client PER. Oh, PSR. So coding style. <laughs> this is interesting. I can't, I can't read coding this style guideline. The keywords must, must not, require, shall, shall not, should, should not, recommended, may, and optional. In this documentation, in this document, are the are to be interpreted as described in RFC 2119. What is the broken, that? broken link? <laughs> broken, that's a big 404. That's so. a big 404. <laughs> you will never know. <laughs> uh, that's... Yeah, I don't. I don't even know how to get to it. To be honest with tools, i.e., keywords. So twenty one nineteen is a IETF document outlining keywords for use in RFCs to indicate requirement levels. So you, you've got you got to really very quickly, Tom, live on the show, open a PR to that to that repo and fix that link, and you could be a contributor to PHP Fig. Do it! I, from what I understand, that's not as high as an honor as it used to be. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not following it that closely anymore. But this is the first <laughs> PER, which is a dynamic document, so that the coding guideline can change as new versions of PHP come out and things become less standard or more standard. And uh, the very first version that's being released is exactly the same as PSR 12 coding standard that is out there. No changes. So it's just a straight swap over to the new PER. So that's interesting. People are making, uh, people trying to figure out what the PER stands for. 
I'm, I'm curious as well. I don't see anywhere. I can't. Um, my Google is failing me. My Google foo is failing me here. Uh, let's see. Fig PR? PHP Fig maybe? Fig PR? What is PR? I, I don't think it's going to be a PHP evolving recommendation, but maybe it is. PR workflow. Here we go. What is it? The goal of the formation stage of interesting the PR workflow group rose. It is no longer a 404. I don't know what happened. You fixed it? Nope. Did you did you reboot? No, literally I just pulled the page up again and it's now a working link. PHP evolving recommendation is actually what it is called. I guess Sarah did know what she was talking about. PHP evolving recommendation is a meta document accompanied by one of more artifacts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. There you go. There you have it. There you go. Show notes or show title. Let's see. Let's do a title of that. A title, uh, PHP ugly devolving. <laughs> The devolving of PHP. Devolving recommendations. We've also got uh, a new RFC from Larry Garfield and Nuno Maduro. Uh, If you'll remember, they had an auto-capture closure RFC about a year ago that almost passed but didn't quite. And so they've come back to address the concerns and reissue it. And the new version I hate. I hate it. Why Why do you hate the new version? It allows for multi-line uh, arrow functions. I saw this, yeah. Which have to return a value as opposed to the way that arrow functions work right now, which is that whatever the first line returns is automatically returned by the arrow function. You don't have to call the return keyword. So this creates, to me... This creates a lot of weird new behaviors in arrow functions, um, specifically having to return. I, I I can't tell if the return is now required in an arrow function, which would be like backwards breaking all over the place. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's it it seems to break a lot of lot of stuff just for the purpose of allowing multiple lines in an arrow function, which it's not supposed to do a short function, short functions and arrow functions are the same short closures, extend arrow functions. So this is an Oh, okay. I see. So we're not overriding the behavior of arrow functions. Right. We're incorporating, them, that, yeah, yeah. We're incorporating them into a new function keyword called FN. Mm-hmm. Still don't like it. Uh, it 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 actually makes more sense to me now, right? Because it, because it's just saying you have to you have to return something out of the function. That's all. Yeah, I just then it's just a function. It's, then it's just an anonymous function that you don't have to pass your use into, which can be helpful. I think this this feels like it's going to welcome new errors that you're not going to be able to detect because of its auto capture behavior. I don't know. Eh, I like it. I think it's fine. I, I don't see an issue with that. It's good to me. I, I just get the feeling that this is, this is a vote that is not going to go well again. Mm. But I mean, we'll have to see. 
you know, I, I, are, are the voting, is the voting on this page or yeah, it will be on this page. Hasn't started this, yet. Uh, this it's, poll. Yeah, it's still okay. in, it's still in discussion. Mm-hmm. I don't, I like it. If I was release manager, I would vote yes on this one. Yeah. But there's like two pages of, if it's auto capturing by reference or by, if it's, if it's auto pointing by reference, then the behavior changes or I don't auto capturing is, is tricky already. Having multiple lines just introduces more potential to break something. We'll see. We'll see. I like it. I think it'll work. Trying to get uh, trying to get Larry to contribute to PHP Architect. He he's kind of loosely agreed to it, but haven't seen anything from him yet. Also, why I'm talking about it because I am talking about PHP Architect and contributing feature articles. PHP ugly people, you gotta step it up. Come on, now's the time. We're, our our pipeline is is starting to dry up. So we had a nice run there of about six months. Yes. Uh, actually, our oil fields oil fields are running dry. Now we're going into the tar sands of PHP ugly listeners. <laughs> hey, we have smart people out there. P- people, buttery Ralph Frank already contributes, but. We have, uh, we have. I'm sure A Wood's got a couple of good opinions here and there, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I want to see some articles coming out of the PHP Ugly community. I, I would really appreciate that. We need a, we need a couple, couple of good feature articles. Anything? I mean, you guys have all done kind of user group talks. It's time to, uh, time to put it to pen to paper. We'll pay you. We'll pay you an elephant. How, how's that? How about if I give you an elephant? Or cash, I can give you cash too. You get more cash than than elephant. <laughs> yeah, those elephants are a rare commodity. A, p- a p- possible NFT. You know, we should start. We should start that business of creating NFT PHP elephants. What? What? I, I don't even. I, I don't know if you're joking or not, but I have no desire to get into the NFT world. It's. It just feels yucky to me. It's like the easiest thing to get into, though. That's the. That's the worst part about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, did now? Did you see the creator of NFTs? She's um, oh, not the creator of NFTs. The creator, the, the 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 person who designed the PHP elephant. The he's a I think he's a French dude. I always forget his name. He, nice guy. Um, uh, I can get you that name. It is he now- Vincent Pontier. He now has uh, origamis, elephant origamis. You can. I you can saw buy. those little paper ones. They're cute. <laughs> they are cute. I actually, uh, I, I bought like a, a couple sets of them, but uh, but it, it's just the PDF. So so to be clear, so you understand what you're getting, it's just a PDF. You're not getting like the the paper and everything to put it together. But I feel like that's you even know, better. Old guys, uh, infinite. Old guys, some elephants. money. So. That's true. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. You make as many as you want. So, um, yeah, nice guy. I uh, bought a couple of his. Uh, he has these package deals, so I just bought some of those. So, uh, so since I went ahead and did a pitch for PHP Architect, I will do a pitch for PHP Roundtable. Uh, PHP Roundtable, we're looking to probably live stream this month. Uh, it's on, it's on the website, whatever that schedule is. I think it's like next, not, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. 
Uh, let me look it up now. And we're going to be talking about, yeah, the 25th. So this, this if everything works out, will be a live stream. We'll see how that goes. I, I, I think, uh, I, I feel pretty confident it will work. Uh, but the um, we're going to be talking about PHP user groups. And we're going to be talking to some PHP user group organizers and people who hold meetings, people who are getting ready to hold meetings and some of the challenges, things like that. So that's what's coming this month. But again, uh, if you have an idea of something you'd like to see a roundtable discussion about, and if you want to be part of that roundtable, or you know people who should be part of that roundtable, reach out to me and let me know. Um, I have some kind of ideas that I'm working on. Some of them are posted on the website. Uh, others uh, I, I kind of have, I haven't broadcast out yet. But um, I'm liking the roundtable. So for the record, so everybody knows, roundtable is a little different now. We have a set panel of myself, Sarah Goldman, um, Joe Ferguson, who's also in our Discord lot, and Ben Ramsey, who, you know, pops in every now and then on the Discord. Um, so the four of us have kind of made a soft commitment to you know, make ourselves available for, for roundtables. It's not saying all four of us will be on all the roundtables moving forward, but like kind of like this show, right? Like, you know, like a, the base hosts of, of the show, and then we will bring in additional people for depending on whatever topic we're, we have to talk about. And the whole idea is just kind of, I really want to kind of get that like roundtable, people sitting around, having a few drinks, eating some dinner and talking to each other. And I, I, I'm trying to get away from that. I'm interviewing people kind of thing that typically is on podcasts. I'm, I'm not good at it. I don't like doing it. Uh, that's one of the things, reasons why this show works so well is I just talk. And when I get tired of talking, Tom talks and John talks, and I, I really like that format. So I'm so happy that, we have our kind of established panel, but the one thing this show doesn't do and we've never done it. And we really have, haven't had any interest to do it is we don't have guests. Um, this is about, you know, our world, the things that are interesting, uh, interesting to us and things we want to talk about. And I'm fine with that, but I do like to have, be able to bring in other people. And that's kind of what Roundtable is going to be for me is my opportunity to kind of talk to other people in the community. Now I, so I did find two uh, bugs on the, on the Roundtable website. Please stop. Seriously. Uh, What'd you find? Well, one of them is that says the Roundtable elephant is now for sale, but they're sold out. They are sold out. You're right. We were just talking about elephants too. the PHP Roundtable elephant is completely sold out. And I'll be totally honest with you. I don't know if we're going to run, do another run of them because this was something left over from Sammy. Um, Sammy did this initial run. Uh, I think maybe he, he initially sold them, but he, he then donated them all to open source mental health. And they sold them, you know, all the proceeds went to them, which is great. I mean, Bravo to, to Sammy for doing that. And I don't know how he how he purchased his initial run and what his minimum order was and all that other stuff. So but that was a that was a 
pretty significant donation to uh, OSMH. Uh, Joe shared with me uh, some of those numbers. I don't know if he shared them publicly. I feel like he did somewhere, but uh, but he did share them with with me, and I'm like, wow, that's really something to be proud of. Uh, I mean, that's just who Sammy was. Um, I don't know what's going on behind you. It looks like uh, your cat is about to attack your other cat or something. Yeah, yeah, some, just about some. Cat on cat so, porn going no, on second, behind you here. The second bug here, you have you have little icons for each person who's going to be speaking. You have you have Joe Ferguson and yourself and Ben Ramsey and Sarah Goldman, but mm-hmm. Sarah Goldman's la- is not clickable. All the other ones are clickable. But uh, uh, you, so the fact that you even see Sarah's avatar is. I did especially for her. I need to look at that. So, so it, it seems to go out- to Twitter for each of these users, but hers doesn't go to her Twitter. No. So I I put in a check now, and I actually added a field to the user table where I can put in a Twitter handle, and it grabs their their avatar from Twitter. Or you can put in a Mastodon handle. Oh, I think that was my problem. But I thought I figured that out. Um, so so it should have created a link. Because uh, I actually talked to Ben Ramsey to make sure if I was creating that link correctly. I have to look into that. It should have created a link for her. So I, I actually, because of Sarah and Sarah not being on Twitter, I created a whole reasons. workflow around... Um, if you have a Mastodon handle and it's it's in the database and you don't have a Twitter handle, it will then go to your Mastodon handle and and link to it. And God, that's a good catch. I need to see why that's not linking because I thought I had I thought I had coded that up. I need to look at that. So yeah. Interesting. I wonder why that's not linking. Damn. You 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 you're, you've now we got to end the show so just, I can go yeah, code. I'm here just to create issues, really. Hey, uh, Discord. Not that I'm super comfortable doing it, but if I when I work on like the PHP Roundtable website, would you all be interested in like me live streaming that? I can live stream that. Yeah, and all sold out of the elephant. So I definitely need to do some work. I need to uh, need to take off the elephants. Poor elephants. Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever do another run of those. And the cool thing about the uh, the cool thing here's my round table. Here's my round table. This is the thing I like the most about the round table elephant. Besides the fact that he's a he's a little fluffy. He's got a little fur to him. His feet are little elephants. He he doesn't have the toes like all the or well like most of the other elephants have. Most of the other elephants have uh, have toes. I think they look more like teeth, but they're t- supposed to be toes. He has a little baby elephant on his feet. I like it. I need to figure out this mask. She, she. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah. Mastodon, I tell you, I spend way more time in Mastodon now. Um, You're going to have to send me a list of people social. to follow. Oh, that's a good question. You know, I wonder if I can create a list. Like there's a local, there's a local and... timeline, which seems to have people who are registered with phpc.social. So there is, I can create lists in here. I, I assume I can share, I can share the list. So I'll see. If, I'll 
see if I can do that for you, Tom. And create uh create a little list for you. Yeah, man. All right, man. Where are we at? Oh wow, we are running long, man. We started early, we're running long. What is going on? Uh, all right, I think this is it. Did we do feel- did we do our honey badger? We did, we did honey we badger, did. right? And we did we do did we show our Patreon? We, we showed our Patreons. Showed our Patreons. Did all the all the mandatory work. Oh man, well, I guess I have no reason to keep you around. Keep our people in Discord around. It's late for most of them. All right, I think that's it. That's gonna do it for episode two hundred and ninety-one of PHP Ugly Podcasts. I'm Eric. I'm Tom. Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me. Shout out to php the ugly it's called ugly because it's not professional but i'm about to come through and bless it with style so let's do it when i'm spitting i perfume the room yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom that came from thomas yeah can nobody go beyond this i get the mic and then i'm about to keep it like a promise yeah and y'all know we fill them up with anguish we talking about the php the programming language about to break it down no exaggeration what do y'all do for a living web applications Okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing, keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying it's lovely Let's go Yeah, come on